Welcome to Make More Money Without Selling Your Soul with me, Polly Lavarello, Evergreen Marketing Expert. This podcast is for you if you are an online entrepreneur who's looking to simplify their business to scale. On this podcast, you can expect to hear regular talk about wealth, about selling, and about well-being. Because I believe these three core fundamental things are pivotal to your growth moving forward. Hello, 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 and welcome to Making More Money Without Selling Yourself with myself, Polly Lavarello, cushy business pioneer and evergreen marketing expert. Today, I'm talking about Facebook ads. To give some context, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Facebook advertising. I have a small agency that has literally supported, I don't even want to think about how many hundreds of thousands of pounds of advertising spend, supporting seven-figure evergreen funnels and multi-six-figure launches. So I haven't just thrown a few pennies in the pond. There's been some serious investments on behalf of my clients. May I hasten to add, this has not been all my advertising spend. This has been my client's advertising spend. And all bar one have been in the coaching space. So I had one client who was in the e-com space right at the very beginning, where I very rapidly decided that I was going to have a way more fun time supporting coaches. So since 2020, so approaching three years now, I've been running ads on behalf of coaches. Well, I say I, my agency at this stage has been running ads on behalf of my um, clients. At the beginning, it was me and um, I expanded later on as I moved into the space of also providing mentorship, which is a whole other story, which we're not going into today. So I really wanted to talk about advertising because one thing I will say is very early on, once I decided to make the move into becoming an agency, I got really clear on the type of clients I didn't want to work with, the clients I like to refer to as the risky clients. But one of the things I started doing was to ensure that clients had validated offers, um, that they had funnels that actually worked, and that they had teams that could support them with updating those funnels as the data came through from ads. So anyway, let's get back to advertising before I start talking about all of this. What I want to say here is that Facebook ads is not the equivalent to gambling although it can feel that way. It can definitely feel that way. It brings out that same heightened emotion of, I've just put a significant amount of money out there. Is it going to do anything for me? And it's not as simple as a vending machine. You don't put some money in and just something comes out the other end. I think I heard Simone Soul um, use that analogy the other day. So full credit to her for that, because I thought that was a very clever way that coaches often look at Facebook ads. They assume they put some money in. So of course, more is going to come out the other end. So sometimes there's this stage for coaches where they're like, wow, I finally have some profit margin, let's reinvest. Oh, the obvious thing to do is to put it into ads. Because surely if I'm making this uncomfortable investment that I wouldn't have been able to make previously, surely that's going to result in more money coming back to me. And the only thing that's been standing in my way up until now was the inability to find the money to spend on ads. Now I can find that money let's make it all happen. I'm just going to be scaling my success and making loads more money and be a real baller. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I've seen various coaches get burned by this in the past. I used to also run an ads clinic inside a mastermind. And so I've kind of seen, you know, what's happened to many people where it's been outside of my control, and I've been there to support them. And what's really interesting is that, that in the majority of cases with a lot of these people who'd come along to these ad clinics, is I'd be saying to them, you right now shouldn't be running ads. 
or if you are running ads, you should be doing it with an entirely different relationship to them, with entirely different expectations. So let's break this down, shall we? What am I talking about when I say an entirely different relationship, entirely different expectations? Because what I will say is, I've not been working with ads all these years because they're rubbish. Can they cause a lot of emotional pain? Yes. Can people spend a lot of money where they can't afford to? 100%. Can they also elevate and expand your reach, your results, your potential? 100% yes. To give you an example, one of my clients who's just finished Scale with the Power One is now with a thousand pounds ad spend per month, attracting in three to four clients, generating 20,000 pounds in sales revenue per month without having to do very much else on top of that. I've got another evergreen client who makes about, I don't know, five to six sales per week, a thousand pounds spend a week, and she's making 6,000 pounds for, you know, for those sales. So that's just the kind of picking two off the top of my head. But essentially, I live with examples of people who are using advertising very effectively. I myself have used advertising very effectively for my own business, for attracting in sales calls for scale with the power one. So I 100% use ads myself, run them for clients and think they can be amazing. And I think they can also be a huge mistake for some people. And I wanted to record this podcast to ensure that those of you who it would be a big mistake for can understand how to use them. So what I want to say about advertising is that it's never an imba- a bad investment when you understand what the investment is. The investment is data. The investment is rather than sitting on a funnel, on an offer inside your organic, you know, like only accessible via LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, to instead run good quality traffic to that funnel all the time and quickly ascertain where the weaknesses are within your funnel. Now, when I use the word funnel, I'm talking about the experience. So essentially, they'll see an advert. That's the very top of the funnel, um, which will attract them into giving them their email address and name to gain something. So it might be access to a webinar. It might be to a lead magnet. It might be to a private podcast series. It could be a number of things, but usually it's a free digital thing, which solves a problem for someone, which then adds them into a, a kind of automated email sequence which means for the next several days, usually up to a week, they will receive at least daily emails, essentially introducing the person who's just signed up to that brand, um, usually with an invitation to buy from them. Sometimes it's immediate with a low ticket offer. Sometimes it's a slower burn process to a high ticket offer. But either way, the idea is, is that if you have one of these funnels yourself, you're continuously growing your mailing list, growing your subscribers, growing your following, so that when you ever have something new to offer, you've got a captive audience who are a good fit for your services, ready and waiting to hear from you. So that's how it works, okay? Now, with advertising, what that does is it speeds things up. So a lot of coaches I meet in the early stages of their business might be like, oh, I've got 50 to maybe 500 people on my list. And if we look at the rule of statistics around selling, we know maybe about 1% of that list will buy. So essentially, once they've made 1% of their 500 list in sales, they know the next thing they need to be doing is growing their list, growing their audience, growing their following to ensure that there's always new people to sell to. 
I mean, the alternative is to keep on inventing new things to sell to the very same audience. And that is exhausting. So audience growth is not optional. It's essential. So here's the thing, right? So with advertising, you are paying for that. Now, the mistake a lot of people make when it comes to advertising is the first time they decide to do advertising is within the context of a live launch. They're like, I know what I'm going to do. I don't normally advertise, but what I'm going to do is find, like, I don't know, 3,000, 5,000 pounds. And sometimes they'll even say 500 pounds and believe it's a lot of money, which I tell you it is not when it comes to advertising. Um, but they'll find there, you know, usually the kind of minimum that most people will say is, is sensible investment when it comes to ads for it to even make any kind of difference is around 1,000 to 1,500 pounds. So they'll put that towards their launch. And they will hope that by bringing in lots of new people to their world, that they will make a good number of sales. And they will do that launch after launch after launch. Now, the problem with this approach is that it's putting a lot of pressure on that investment yielding an immediate return, or at least a good percentage of those people yielding a good return. And if it doesn't, this is where people will say, oh my gosh, I spent 3,000 to 5,000 pounds on ads and it was a total waste. What's interesting is sometimes when people share this kind of information with me, and in the past I've audited their account, what I have discovered is actually a percentage of those leads did indeed turn into clients later on. It just didn't happen immediately. And in that case, people are believing, oh, the ads didn't work for me. So what I'm saying here is that, you know, you are going to get answers from marketing, um, and you're probably going to get sales. They won't necessarily happen immediately. I'm going to break down the kind of three areas where I see people getting it wrong before I continue. I mean, this has been the longest introduction I've ever done. Um, but what I will say is that Facebook ads, you're paying for data. The data gives you answers. So for example, in a launch where a lot of cold leads didn't convert to sales, this tells me that your offer still has, you still have some work to do with your offer because it's not compelling enough for you to, to attract pay on the day clients, okay? They are needing to be in your world a while, get to like, know, and trust you before they decide they want to buy from you. Your offer doesn't solve an obvious enough problem for them to decide that they need it right now. I mean, it could be more than that, but that's one simplified way of looking at it. The nice thing about running ads are over a long period of time, slowly, is that in a more gentle way, you get to understand where are the weaknesses in my sales funnel? Is it the ad? Is nobody clicking? Is it on the opt-in form? Is nobody signing up? Am I asking for too much information? Is it in my email sequence? Are my email titles so terrible that nobody's opening my emails? Is it my offer? Is it by the time, you know, or is it that nobody's even booking a sales call? You know, or is it that people are booking sales calls, but nobody's converting? All of this stuff gives us information that enables us to refine our sales process to ultimately make more sales. Now, here's why I see people getting it wrong. And I've kind of alluded to this already. Reason number one, ads won't fix a crap offer. They won't. You know, you can have fantastic advertising, you can have a very slick funnel that you've invested thousands of pounds in. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who equate investments with results. And quite frankly, yes, it's wonderfully ballsy of you to invest significant sums of money in your business. And yes, that can generate its own kind of ripple effect. But when it comes to advertising, spending money you don't feel comfortable to spend doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something brave or courageous. Sometimes it just means doing something that's a bit ill thought through. <laughs> that's not going to serve you well in the immediate term. I mean, what I will say is it's actually really valuable as well 
to understand that your offer is a bit crap. Because chances are your service isn't crap. Chances are you've got clients who love you, which is why it's really hard not to take it a bit personally. When you finally commit to yourself, you commit to that up level up-leveled version of you and do the ballsy thing and run the ads and nobody wants what you have to sell. And you're like, why? I've got incredible testimonials. I've got the slickest, most beautiful funnel. I mean, I'm doing all the work here. Why is nobody buying it? But you know what? Once we can kind of like give our ego some love, you know, because it hurts, you know, and it's not really just ego. Your heart's there too. Your heart's like, why me? I tried so hard. I've done all the things. But actually, when we can pull our personality and our feelings away from this and look at it more objectively, like a business owner, we can recognize, okay, so if new people coming into my world are not immediately enraptured by my offer, where am I making it difficult for them? Is it not clearly and obviously for them? Are my values on my sleeve? Can they immediately tell the kind of person they'd be working with? Is the solution exciting, desirable? Is it something that they need right now? Is it unique and something they can't find anywhere else? Like these are the things we need to be asking ourselves and going deep on, not just thrashing and responding and going, well, this obviously means I'm no good. Or this obviously means that ads are never going to work for me. Or this obviously means I need to like find a new career path. No, 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 no. Give yourself some love, have yourself a hot chocolate, go for a sea swim, do whatever it is you need to do, and then come back to this and know that this is not about you. This is a mere technicality and something that you need to work on, okay? And that by doing that, chances are you can leave your ads off for a while longer and your offer alone will do the heavy lifting and create some really juicy sales for you in the meantime, okay? So work on your offer if, if, if that's what's happened for you. This is another area where people get it wrong. Ads don't substitute organic promotion. They compound together. They bolster one another. What do people do when they discover someone by an advert? They go check them out on their social very often. They'll go and, you know, I know for for a fact that this podcast, for example, is one of the biggest things that steers people towards wanting to work with me. How do they find it most of the time? They find it via my social feed. How do they find it my social feed? They discover it via one of the ads, which then takes them to my feed, which then takes them to my (laughs) podcast, which then takes them to going, hmm, I'm curious about this poly lady. I'm going to tell them I want to have a conversation with her. So it doesn't substitute organic promotion. And similarly, if you're building your list, uh, make sure you're sending emails to them. And you know what? It's so funny sharing this because I've honestly worked with seven figure coaches who are like, oh, I only send one email a month. I mean, like literally it happens to everyone, but please do not neglect your mailing list. Six times more sales happen on your mailing list than anywhere else. So please nurture and look after your mailing list and find a way to do it that feels fun for you, okay? Don't say I'm not doing it because I hate every mailing strategy out there. Find one that works for you or just create one of your own, but find a way to connect with those people who have given you their valuable email address for crying out loud. The final piece um, where people get it wrong with ads is ads don't fix anything apart from sending more traffic to your funnel. Okay, so a lot lot of the time people have said to me in the past, oh, but you know, it must be to do with the targeting, it must be to do with the ad. And okay, targeting can have an impact. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, one of the things we test and refine when it comes to looking after clients is the targeting. And similarly, of course, we use copy that really speaks to that direct pain point and that solution people are looking for to ensure that we're bringing in the right kind of person. 
But to be honest with you, if people, you know, if, if you've nailed those two elements and people are coming through your funnel, it's rarely to do with who your ad is targeting and much more to do with your funnel. Like 90 times out of 100 where ads aren't translating to sales, it's nearly always the funnel and the offer rather than the ads. The traffic part is almost the easy part. The challenging part is what to do with that traffic once they're in your world. I mean, think about it. If 100 people suddenly arrived at your door right now, what would you do? You know, like if you'd kind of set up a gorgeous party and you had a concierge there on the door and you had, you know, someone like parking their cars for them. I don't even know what that's called. Is that a concierge? I don't even know. Um, and you had someone there with a welcome drink and then you made sure they had the very best time. I'm always using parties in, as an analogy for this. But, you know, you would want to make sure that your house was in shape. You'd want to make sure that people did not forget about you. You'd want to make sure they had the best welcome. You'd want them to leave with a kind of grown up party bag. Or was that just me? <laughs> but you'd want all of those things, right? You'd want to give them the very best impression so that if they didn't, you know, say this party was to try and sell something, if they didn't buy something now, they would certainly do later, you know, like they, they would want to reach out to you and be like, hey, I loved your party. <laughs> is there any other ways that we can hang out? Like, that's the kind of experience you want for them. Now, the problem is a lot of people simply bring the 100 people to their door and don't think enough about the experience on the other side. So honestly, I love doing this with digital marketing stuff because I think sometimes people just think, well, it's a website, it's this, you know, they see it as a tick box exercise. It's not a tick box exercise. You're inviting them into an experience. What is that experience? How do you ensure that you are truly seeing them, truly care, like truly making them feel welcome, at ease, excited, confident? Like these are the areas that you need to be looking at. The advertising is the easy part. If you haven't nailed the other piece, it's going to be so much harder. So those are the three areas that they're using advertising to fix a subpar offer. It will not fix a subpar offer. If your offer is crap, the offer needs working on first. They do it to substitute organic promotion. Do not stop organic promotion the second you run ads. It will not support you. They, they do it because they believe it's going to, you know, they're outsourcing their power. They're like, I've just spent loads of money. Surely that's going to be the thing that's going to fix everything. And it's not the truth. Here is the truth. This is why I love supporting people to create a high ticket offer suite, because then you only need a handful of sales to have a profitable business, which leaves you with a very comfortable sum of money available to reinvest in advertising in the slow burn kind of way in the total trust that if you're continuously bringing new people into your world, a certain percentage of them will explore your digital experience and want to come and work with you. This is why I run my intensive to support people to create a banging product suite. That means that they can support people in various different ways, whether they're wanting a taster, whether they're wanting to have a deep dive, whether they're wanting three months of being in a group coaching kind of or mastermind experience with you that you can provide it all in a way that is really spacious for you, really easy to maintain. So honestly, it's not that advertising is a problem, but it's the relationship that a lot of people have to advertising, their desire to have a quick fix, their desire to have the experts serve everything up on a platter for them. When honestly, in any scenario where you're running advertising for a client, it is a collaborative experience. It requires their team to be able to manage those funnels and, and, and meet you with the data that you're sharing with them. If you're sharing data to say this bit isn't working, you know, it, it's not enough to ignore it and hope that just bring, by bringing in more volume, it will fix itself. This is the exciting thing about advertising. 
where we see patterns, where we see chinks in the armor, those chinks and patterns tend to be consistent. So this is what's exciting about advertising. When you get it right, when you iron out those chinks, the patterns that work on the positive side also tend to be consistent. Hence the number of evergreen clients I support who see relatively consistent results day in, day out. Now I use the word relatively because of course there are still weeks where life or world events happen where we can see a lull. But generally speaking, month to month, we see very consistent results. And that's why Evergreen is my favorite way. I mean, that's why I moved from being solely an ads agency owner to a mentor and supporting people to create Evergreen marketing setups, because that to me was far more regulating for the nervous system, a far safer way to create a relationship with advertising and scaling in a way that if your ads do bad for a month, you're still going to be comfortable financially because you've built an offer suite that empowers you and enables you to do all of these things from a place of comfort and empowerment. What I would say is essentially, and I'm going to be creating a separate podcast on this. In fact, it's going to be the very next episode, which is about not outsourcing your power. And advertising is one realm where I see people do this all the time. Build a business that you would like to buy from and so many other things fix itself, okay? So the next podcast episode, as I've just mentioned, will be on outsourcing your power. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be next Friday. And in the meantime, if you have been listening to this and feeling like, oh, I could really do with support in elevating my offer suite so that it is ready for evergreen marketing so that I can create and attract consistent revenue, I am launching another small container between May to July. So it's 12 weeks. It's called Elevate for Evergreen. It's for no more than five women. One woman's already signed up. If you would like to be part of this journey, come and find me on Instagram and send me a message and we can talk about it. Um, I'm so excited. We're already running one of these containers. I say we, I am already running on these containers. And it's so exciting to see the growth, the breakthrough, the light bulb moments. And in the meantime, if that's one step too far, simply just go down to the show notes and you will see there is a link to my five steps to building your cushy business which talks about your very own evergreen roadmap and how you can move from live launching to having an evergreen consistent and scalable business speak to you soon